A written transcript of this episode is provided by Starburst. For more information, you can see the show notes. Welcome to Data Mesh Radio with your host, Scott Hurlman, sponsored by Starburst. This is Adrian Estala, VP and Field CDO at Starburst and host of Data Mesh TV. Starburst is the leading contributor to Trino, the open source project, and the Data Mesh for Dummies book that I co-wrote with Colleen Tarto and Andy Mott. To claim your free book, head over to starburst.io. Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Hurlman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes. I've now left Data Stacks, you know, thanks for all their help in founding things, but I've left to start Data Mesh Understanding, which is also helping practitioners to get to the information needed to do Data Mesh well. We have free implementer introduction and roundtable programs, in addition to the more advanced yet affordable offerings. So please do get in touch if you're looking for more information on how to do, how to approach Data Mesh. Just check datameshunderstanding.com for more info. There's also a helpful organization of past Data Mesh radio episodes there if you want to dig into specific topics rather than digging through 200 different episodes. So with that, let's hit the funky intro music and listen to what you'll hear about in this interview episode. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Dasil Hernandez, who's the Director of Data and AI for Northwest Europe at Nagara. Some key takeaways or thoughts from Dasil's point of view. Number one, at the end of the day, tech is the easy part in data. Creating value through data is the hard part. And why do work if it's not to create value, right? So focus on creating that value. Number two, it's incredibly easy and pretty common for IT and the business to get disconnected or never be connected in the first place. Focus on creating and maintaining relationships with a steady flow, a constant flow of context between both sides. Number three, dig in into if your business partners actually understand what data ownership means, what it entails. They may be willing but not capable to own data at the start. Work with them to up their capabilities and understanding. Alex Bross, the previous uh, interview episode, talked a lot about that as well. Number four, data ownership should not be treated like a hot potato, being passed to anyone other than me, right? Number five, tell your business counterparts, I need your help to help you. Can you unlock, you can unlock far more value through collaboration than waiting for requests, Number six, your data strategy should give people FOMO, that fear of missing out. Give them incentives that make it feel like if they, they can't miss out on the value you're creating. Number seven, an interesting idea, use gamification to find data quality issues. Don't make it a shameful thing. Find the, the issues, get them remediated, and celebrate the people who found them. Look to drive positive energy around your data. Number eight, talk to potential data consumers before creating a data quantum or anything similar in data. You won't know what you can offer that will be valuable to them until you know what they want. So have the conversation. Number nine, bad requirements and or bad requests lead to bad results and bad data. Ask why someone wants work done. What are you trying to accomplish? Let's focus on the outcome. Number 10, it's easy to lose sight that optimizing to turnaround time doesn't typically optimize time to actual value, and you create hard-to-support data assets, right? So this is about rushing to be too quick, and so you're, it, you often don't end up getting the value that you really wanted out of it. Number 11, dig into what data consumers are trying to achieve and why. 
Their idea of what they want may not be the most complete or best way to structure the data or insights. Again, have the conversation. Number 12, when looking at data quality, tie your metrics and measurement to value. What aspects of data quality matter to that use case? Number 13, data trust is obviously crucial. Data quality issues will happen. When they do, remediate and put rules in place to prevent the same issue from happening again and show business partners that you fixed the cause. It was a data downtime incident. Treat it like you would a software incident. Number 14, to achieve actual sustainable change. You don't have to make big sudden shift changes. You can and should break change into much smaller pieces. Finally, number 15, centralized governance might not be your data bottleneck. Or even if it is, if you aren't mature enough to do federation and decentralization right, data mesh might put you in a worse spot really consider your challenges and maturity level before jumping into something like data mesh. Okay, enough of just me. Let's hear from our awesome guest in this interview episode. Okay, very, very excited for today's episode. I've got Dasil Hernandez here, who is the Director of Data and AI for Northwest Europe for uh, the consulting company Nagaro. And we're going to be talking about a lot of different topics here, but like a lot of what Dasil has seen uh, <laughs> of where these types of things, whether that's data mesh specifically or similar types of uh implementation, you know, tries going wrong. So we're going to talk about how important it is to involve the business and how we can't just have IT run with things. You know, a big issue that IT has had historically is kind of the point by point data pipeline type thinking of do this, then this, then this, instead of like, what is the overall thing that we're looking to do? How do we actually go in and teach the domains? Like, there's so much that we could be doing with your your data help us understand what you could be doing. Um, and then talking about like how important it is to understand and have the conversation around what data quality actually means that there isn't a, a overarching thing of this is what is quality data and this is not quality data. Um, and then we'll talk about how data mesh implementations actually could happen and, and how we have to be focused on keeping the change moving forward, but also not having chaotic change, because it's very, very easy to slip into that. So with that as kind of the backdrop to what we're going to discuss, uh, Dassel, if you could give people a bit of an introduction to yourself, and then we can jump into the conversation at hand. Yeah, thank you, Scott. Um, like you mentioned, I, uh, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, who I am, I'm, I'm actually... That's a good question to, to ask. I started working with data uh, for, uh, it wasn't my plan. It wasn't that you say when you're a kid, oh, I want to be a data manager. There's nothing that, you know, you you say, you say to as a dream. But I love um, uh, the purpose of collecting data to create insights. Uh, for me, it's always had to be a purpose of why we do what we do. I've been working with data analytics for a long time, uh, longer than I want to say aloud. And... Uh, and what I've been seeing, I'm, I'm a little bit of this between person, between tech and, and business. Uh, I see myself like uh, uh, I do love technology and having that, but my heart is in the business uh, and the value of the data. That is, is great. So I'm a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, a bit uh, purple people that we would normally call. I'm not blue and I'm not red. <laughs> I'm something in between. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think it's... Uh... It was kind of surprising to me when I really started to dig into a lot of the data space, how many people that are in um, kind of senior positions that are so focused on the technology. And I think we need more people to, it, it is tangible. It's it's a little, mm. it's not easy, but it's easier to not have 
the additional context of the business. So we need to kind of uh, make sure that we don't fall down that same route because it's it's uh, yeah. it's it's tempting to go down that because it's a little uh, less uh, ambiguous. But I, I think that the business is really really crucial. Yeah, and, and I think it's a little bit of the the what you were discussing in in tech is easy. You know, there is, you know, things that you can comprehend. So you, you, you take a data and you move it around and then you manipulate and dance in another place. Created that value is where, you know, there's more uncertainty. You don't know, you know, something that you thought you had collected for one purpose out of the blue is something else. Uh, and, and I think there's a little bit of, of why sometimes, you know, business and, and, and IT are so kind of disconnected because we are, you know, in... The pace is a little bit different, I believe. Uh, and this is something that we bring us to the topic we discuss, that we discuss about, you know, how really, really you need to have uh, the business or the operations or whatever part of the organization in your journey when you start the data mesh journey. The whole point of the data mesh from the beginning was that, you know, you have that kind of domain. Big companies will have decentralization no matter what. So either you do it with control or you, or you let it go like, like it normally does. So, so it's a little bit of, you know, uh, the, uh, it, it's super important to have that, you know, and the understanding of, of uh, this is driving that discussion. Uh, it will be much easier to go faster if it is happening. Uh, uh, instead of, you know, t- and everybody, you know, I've been in a lot of events and I've been talking to a lot of my peers, a lot of clients, and everybody say the same business first, you know, focus on business, focus on people. And actually, uh, I had a reflection when I was listening to all, all, the, all these experts saying business, uh, business first. I was like, are data kind of a teenager? You know, you hear your parents saying something, but you still do whatever, you know, something totally different. Because everybody's saying business, is show that business first, people first, but we still focus in tech. So I don't know, either we are in the teenager phase, you know, teenager phase where you <laughs> you don't listen to whatever people are saying to you, or or we have some kind of, we need to change the narrative of, of what we say, you know, when we say business to so people first, what do we mean? Uh, you know, uh, and I think this is um, finding your stakeholders in this journey because if you start from the tech, uh, dri- if drive start driving this, find your, you know, the area where you feel this is a winning, you know, maybe a specific domain like marketing or finance, you know, and drive them together with them. Uh, I think it will be much easier. And then you will have this kind of success story that everybody wants. Well, how would you say, so, uh, you know, it can be different in, in all sorts of different organizations, but what are the, the learning points for people to actually go and collaborate with those stakeholders? Because, you know, what, what I've been hearing from a lot of people is, okay, data is IT's, you know, purview, it's IT's <laughs> domain. So yes. anything data related, you just take care of it. Even the business folks yes. are saying, you, I, I will tell you what I want. You just go do it instead of like, we need to collaborate together. So how, you know, it, it, it's almost like it, it is that the data, the, the data side is being like a teenager, but the, the, the business side isn't being a parent. The business yeah. side is, is like, you just go do your thing. Like you, you do what I want you to do. And I'm not actually going to work with you on this. Yeah. So like, you know what I think is, but we have, you know, this is an interesting topic because one of the things I see, and I've, I've actually seen by myself because I'm being part of large corporates where we have the same challenge, is that data have been always a part of like IT. It belongs to IT, you know. And in IT, in the past, if you need a computer, you need a software, you send a, you know, a service desk request and it's fixed for you. IT hasn't, you know... It's not something that you do yourself. And I think for business, data is the same. If I want something or I need something from data, it's IT, and then I just, you know, I don't need to get involved in that matter. So I think in my head, it's a little bit of, you know, in, in a lot of organizations, you don't know where to put the data organizations team. That's a little bit of the topic, but it's interesting because either in my whole career, I've been part either of uh, reporting to the finance direct, finance people, um, have a finance manager or an operation manager. 
so or at some point I think we became IT. But data itself doesn't have just a place on the you know by himself. So I think as long as business thinks that IT runs data or is like an IT thing, this will be the challenge because they don't understand that they own the data. Uh, uh, and and you know when when you say to business that the first thing when you do data mesh and you start looking about your domains and you try to find the data owners and 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 people say yeah but you know I can own the data but they don't understand what it means uh, and it, I think I can speak with a lot of my peers that finding the data ownership within business is difficult because I think have been a disconnect like you know it, it's not and. It's an interesting way. I remember the first time we had, um, I was working uh, in a company where my data people didn't really understand where the numbers were coming from. So I actually forced my data engineers to be where the data started uh, and the call center, listen to incoming calls. And they were shocked because they never went that close of the source of the data. It wasn't just zeros and ones. It was... Things behind the numbers, and I think for them was like an eye opening that, aha, uh-huh, this is what we are collecting, you know, or storing or analyzing. So, so I think um, uh, is 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 both, you know, and how if if tech, if you're driving this as a CDO or you know that your data mesh journey is starting or any kind of data journey from from tech that almost always is like that, you need to yourself and and find. Uh, the domain in your company is more mature. Normally, it's finance because they like numbers and they want they like quality and they have it. They love to collect and do massive report in aggregated <laughs> data. <laughs> so find your uh, your early adapter, whatever we call it, and, and start from start small. Everybody said the same, so it's nothing new that I'm saying. Uh, and uh, yeah. One question I would have there is this, this I think is where I'm hearing of people having issues in going and and having these conversations is that you are going to them and saying, you are the owner and you're going to them saying, I'm giving you responsibilities. And so it feels like I'm no longer responsible for this. You're now responsible instead of going to them with, here's the value of this and, and here's the value to your domain and here's the value to the greater organization. Yeah. But most people at most come in with here's the value to the greater organization. And some people have said, well, this gives you more freedom and this gives you, but a lot of times they're like, well, I don't have the people to handle this or I, I don't want to handle this. Exactly. So, want Scott, that's the issue. They don't want to do it, and it's like a, uh, somebody mentioned yesterday. I was talking to, and it's like a hot potato. The, yeah, everybody's running around because nobody wants to catch it. And, and I think you know one of the things I always say is, "Let I need your help to help you." That's something I always say. You know, if you don't help me, I cannot help you back. So, I remember the first discussion about you had a data set that had to be, you know, you have a different teams trying to to get, you know, create some kind of data product or a place where that data should be put. And and I were, we were like, if, if you are not there and you don't try to help us, it's impossible for me to help you back and get your data, the report you want. So I think like you say, it's a, it's, 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 it takes time and, and it's a little bit of, you know, uh, like you say, what is the, the, the story that you're telling to the business to get involved? Uh, I'm totally with you. You cannot go say like, this is not your responsibility, bye-bye. <laughs> see you once a month when we do the scrum uh, <laughs> or the uh, what do you call it the um, uh, demo session in what we were doing so but it, it sounds like from both sides we're saying that initially the conversation is both sides are saying IT go run with it we don't want to collaborate with you <laughs> so IT has to get out of their own way and say okay instead of doing something and delivering something, we have to focus on delivering what is actually necessary in the mid to long run. And so we have to kind of break through these barriers. But like, what what is the, the point that you're finding? What is the conversation point that you're finding? You know, you said, help me help you. But like, is there anything specific that somebody can go in and say, hey, we get that we're, we're asking you to own the data, but you're 
the first uh, consumer of this data is typically the people who own it themselves. So let's talk yes. about what you're not doing with your own data that sh- that you could be, or like, how do you get them over that hump about, um, you know, like you said, it's it, they're finding the data owners is far different than finding data ownership, right? You find yes. the people and they'll go, yeah, yeah, I'll own it. And it's like, okay, but do you actually know what this means? Like how can the, yeah. the, the IT team go in and, and actually help them? And the, on- and the ownership is also something important. I, I remember a case where we have, we're collecting data in the company I was working on, and the data was collected and stored for one purpose, and it was meant to to be able to reach somebody. So this the data was used to 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 be able to call somebody. So it was like for contact purposes. My data scientist team figured out that some of the parameters were important for the defining a, you know a central pattern. So if if you have this value, you will respond in that way. Uh, and that wasn't that data collected for. So when we're supposed to do this, we're suppo- we, the idea was to identify if it was a mobile number or a line line. And when we went to the database, they didn't have any mobile numbers whatsoever, zero. And we were like, what? I mean, <laughs> you don't have mobiles in this country? It was like, you know, we couldn't understand. What happened that these both data sources were put in the same column because the people looking at this were seeing in an interface where you could see, you know, like a box and you couldn't have the numbers and somebody died. So it doesn't, the need of the data was high quality and collected in a way for the purpose of calling, but not for the purpose of doing advanced analytics. So at that point, when we, as a new domain that we want to use that data, we said, but this is not good enough for us. Uh, so then you need to restart and, and often it's like we say, you know, maybe for the call center is fantastic, but for us wasn't good enough. So then you need to sit down again and, and say, okay, but okay, we need to redo this and try to find, uh, create a new data product on that. And that's what is important to have a, t- a platform that allows us to do this fast moving. So it's not like a big process to, 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 uh, to move because then we will start touching about this kind of quality and when the data is used from somebody else. Uh, so just because you think the data, you do, you create your beautiful data product or, or you dispose your data and you think it's perfect, but then it's not for somebody else. And I think the important thing is that, you know, you have that speed in be able to, to change the, uh, how did that data is going to be used? So how is the classification of quality and what kind of, you know, uh, uh, and I think it does back to, you know, how do you do that is to identify that kind of user case when you feel that the data have a purpose that is maybe we have lucky and we, it's collected in the way that it's supposed to be used for. But if it's not, you need to, you know, be able to do this fast and, and, and act on that, on that change, uh, for example. Um, so when, when, you're going in, when you're going into a domain, um, you know, you were talking about let me help you, right? Like help me help you mm. as well. Like how do you actually work with them to see what unlocking this domain or this data could unlock for the organization, but especially for themselves? Because what I'm finding the pushback is, and I don't know if it's really the actual pushback or it's just people are meeting some resistance and they're they're interpreting this this pushback differently, mm. but it's they go to a domain and they say, you have this data. We want this data for the organization. And the domain goes, what's in it for me? And so how, how do we go into there and partner with them to see what is in it for them? Or do we have to go and we have to realign their incentives? Or like, how do you, how do you get over that hump? And how do you get them to see what could be possible if they're actually playing in this right it's it's they're, they're looking at it as a prisoner's dilemma and they say well you know i'm not I, I, if i uh roll on these other people and don't don't you know by not providing my data and they provide their data to me then i get all the benefit and i don't have to have any of the expense any of the cost but like how can this participation net them more or do we again have to go in and and either you know kind of have somebody above them <laughs> beat them down and say, go do this, or we have to realign their incentives. Like, how are you finding yeah. that working? 
And I think that now will sound like, you know, but a good data strategy is the key. To, and I know that sounds like, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you have to have a, a strategy that focuses on data and data-driven, you know, what it means to be, if that company wants to become data-driven, and you have to, you need to have a data strategy. And you need to make sure that, you know, uh, kind of everybody understands that this is going to happen. And, and a little bit of, you know, what is the rule of engagement, you know? What are we expecting to to um, to do with our data and collaborate? So uh, this, uh, you know, if there's no good strategy, it, it will be more difficult because then, you know, domains needs to, like you say, uh, I need your data, please give me your data. And and what we want is people saying, hi, here's my data, check it out. You know, we have created this amazing exposure of our data. Please come and see if we can collaborate. That's what you want, you know this proactive way, not like the reactive, I will only act if somebody asks me or force me <laughs> to do it. So for me, a good strategy from top level and a good, you know, understanding of what do we mean to be data-driven because otherwise you will still fight and that will be your reality and you will not be able to change it. And so you will, so, you know, some companies are amazing. They're super data-driven and this, they don't have any issues at all. Other companies are not that mature and and that's uh, and uh, for me is uh, i sound like uh, everything we saw with a good strategy but it's, <laughs> i believe that it has to be in place uh, well but but it is it depends on the organization but exactly what you're saying i think this isn't something a lot of people have said which is that your data strategy has to include not just the vision but it needs to include the incentives, right? Because just getting people bought in on a vision isn't going to actually, like, you know, there, there are people who are like, oh, wow, this would be so awesome for the organization. But people are like, I need to focus on, you know, if I'm getting ahead based on, you know, A, B, and C, and our data strategy is only aligned to X, Y, and Z, I'm going to focus on A, B, and C most people are right. Like there, there is this this thing of okay, you know, well, shouldn't everybody play together and shouldn't everybody collaborate? And it's like that's not the way human nature honestly works, no, right? Exactly. And so, like, how do we? Align? I, I heard. Uh, I I heard. I've actually talked to a peer of mine, and she mentioned that in her company they have done some kind of gamification to you know to find um, quality issues. So you get points every time you find a quality issue in the data. Uh, actually, it sounds super fine. Well, like you need to tell me more about that one. But for her, was to to involve business uh, to to you know, and for them they work this kind of gamification to have you know, um, or you can do. I remember we had a, like a competition between uh, two departments to to do the data cataloging. Uh, we're supposed to do a lot of mapping of, of the data, uh, mass data. And we, it was difficult to like calibrate, but we did a game uh, about that. Uh, so we and everybody wants to win. So it became uh, it became uh, uh, everybody knows how you're doing this because you know we need to do it. But if you make it a little bit fun, it can, for some company it works, uh, for other maybe not. But that is um, something that you need to think about it. You know how how to make. Uh, this kind of exercise, uh, uh, you know, fun and, and this little bit of, of what's in it for me. You get your, you know, it's like when you, you run and you get in a start in your app, it's like, oh, you are faster than the last time. You know that the system telling you that, but you are happy to see that start and the littering. Now, congratulations, you are faster. Everybody likes that feedback. So why not create it with, you know, data collaboration or data uh, cataloging or whatever you know issues in data we, we can our brains are triggered that way we need to have that confirmation G gamification and and you know uh kind of being seen and things like this uh nav they talked about um they literally anytime somebody brings a new uh data product onto their their mesh that team gets sent a cake right a literal cake yeah. Right. And That's so then, nice. then people take a picture with the cake and, you know, and then <laughs> then they'll put in the little blurb right from the data catalog as to what the, the data product is about. And then, you know, they they can have a, 
okay, we're going to have our cake celebration. That's also a show and tell, not of just the cake, but of the actual yeah, data yeah, product. Yeah. And you can that's like, fun. just little things like that. Um, I, I think, but you know, the incentivization, uh, so, uh, uh, most business leaders are probably not going to go, yay, I get a cake or yay, my team gets a cake. <laughs> But, no, but, but you create this kind of positive energy where, you know, it becomes that because at the end of the day, everybody wants to use a data to make some kind of value, uh, you know, to create either you get um, better business, you can or you can get, you know, um, uh, you can create new products or new things that you can actually, depending on what industry you are, or you get uh, faster implementation or you get better understanding of how your system works. So in the end of the day, everything is here to be because you need to have a, an input to the company value or, you know, whatever they're doing. So, of course, you know, this is like a little bit of a, um, yeah, you know, just to make it, you know, maybe in a, in a period of time it makes sense. And then later on when it becomes not natural, you don't need that things anymore. But again, if, if you need to have, you know, and another thing that I think is interesting is that, a lot of, you know, you don't know what you can offer because you don't know what the other person wants. So have that kind of discussion, creating that kind of forum where you can say, okay, we have, you know, brainstorm or innovation room data. So we have this data set that we are thinking to create, you know, expose it because we believe it makes sense. And then, you you know, you can maybe from your organization say that this could be really useful for marketing purposes, for example. And you talk to them and you have that conversation. What do you think, guys? Uh, and come to that proactive. But for this, you need to have this kind of people that are between, you know, this kind of, I don't know if you call it business analyst or, you know, but this kind of people that are, you know, can connect these dots on, on, on the data side and, and have, because if you are in one domain, you will never see outside that. You will never see that your data can be used for something else because it's natural. Uh, it's not that you wake up and say, oh, I can use this data for something else. Yeah. I can, it's like, you know, uh, I, I don't know if uh, it's nothing to do with it, but it's a little bit the use of the data. Um, I bought an oven that uh, was uh, Wi-Fi communicated so I could get signals from my oven. And my, my friends are like, well, you buy this. This is stupid. Like an IoT thing, you know. I like, buy like technology. Let, let me buy my oven that would talk to me when I'm not home. Uh, and what happened is that one day I got a signal from the oven that the pizza function was on in the middle of the day. My son's supposed to be in school. So I called my son and I said, what are you doing home having pizza? And he's like, how do you know that? The oven told me. <laughs> so out of the blue, my oven became a spy. And I don't think, you know, that was the purpose of that day. <laughs> But now you could actually maybe they start doing a new product, you know, re see what your kids are eating when you're not home. But no, but so again, this is a little bit that, that um, data is, um, that's the beautiful about data uh, and, and things that we collect. It can be, you know, uh, not always a super fancy, you can do really amazing things, but just making it right and accessible and, and, and have... Uh, this kind of that you can, I think trust is the, you know, one of the things that we discuss often, you know, when you work with data, you need to trust the data you have. And that's, I think, is much very important than, um, than quality. Like we're supposed to be discussing that quality is, is, is objective. It's dependent who is going to use that data for. Uh, for some people, they, they have to be zero uh, errors because it's life and death data. Often some other people that data can be like, yeah, 80% quality. I'm, I'm happy with that. I, I, don't, I don't need more. But whatever is there, you need to trust that the data you're getting is what you're supposed to be getting. Good or bad quality, but it's a matter of, you know, ensuring from, from, the, you know, from the people that you are collecting this data and making sure that, you know, it's compliant and everything that you can trust it. I think that's the, the main focus that these kind of data products have to ensure trust more yeah. than quality measurement. Uh, yeah, so what what I was uh, seeing in, in a lot of what you were saying is that when you're going into these conversations, you need to have, you need to find mutually beneficial points. You need to go in and actually say, okay, again, it's the help me help you, but 
a lot of this seems to be that we don't have high context exchanges around what data do we have? What data could it be used? The art of the possible, all of these, and that IT is trained to listen for the requirements instead of the pain. And if we actually go and and listen to the pain and say like, what challenges are you actually having? Not immediately, what should I, okay, boom, I'm going to write down, you know, file your JIRA ticket from those pain points versus like, what are you actually trying <laughs> to accomplish? How do we get people to, to one, you know, share with the, the IT teams to do that? And how do we get the IT teams? How do we get data people to, to kind of relax a little bit and say, okay, do you just want to vent or do you want that solved? Right. Like, and this like wraps into that quality thing of, oh, you're really frustrated by the quality, but like, what does that actually mean? Like, how do we get past these, the, our, our, the ways of working that we've always done, right. The, the patterns and everything that we've done has been this, you know, call and response, this request and do work. Yeah, yeah, but they, they have been, there is something that they have been forever, like supply and demand. You ask and I supply. And, and, and one of the things that we know in the past regarding, you know, bad requirements made bad delivery. That, that's what we know. But I think it's a matter that, you know, I ask why a lot. Every time somebody, you know, asking me for some kind of piece of data or something I want to, I, I will try always to, to ask and then try to understand why. Uh, and, uh, and I ask why a lot of times, and then I try to explain back to the person this, do you mean, so I try to, you know, to repeat in what he, they were asking me for if I understood correct. Uh, and I, I remember one time that we had, um, um, we support, somebody asked me, we're supposed to do some, some actions um, when, when uh, uh, something happened, trigger an action, and, and that action made that we have to do something. And uh, the, the business owner came to me and said, we need this um, as soon as possible. As soon as it's click, you have to be like real time. And, and then I said, okay, fine. And, 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 and I was looking at that, but wait a minute. What happened when, when you click on that? Yeah, yeah, we, we create, uh, and he said, no, we, we create, um, this was to, to be able to send a letter, okay? And I'm like, yeah, but but how often do we send letters? Ah, once a day. Aha. Uh-huh. So what you mean is that you need to have that data stored before the end of the day so we can get the letter be sent. Because it's not real time, you know? So we, <laughs> so we agree in this. So, and for me, it was like, wait a minute, why do you need it in real time? Because I knew that, you know, I don't get, it was an email, by all means, but that was a physical letter that had to be sent. So I said, okay, so what do you mean that you don't want to miss the deadline of that day or that whatever this this file had to be sent to, to the post office? So I think it is to ask a lot of whys and, and be, you know, a little bit of curiosity on, you know, be brave to ask, you know, if, if it doesn't make sense for you, why do you want this data? Why, you know, ask. Uh, don't be afraid of, sounds like you're stupid and you don't understand what you're saying because I, I, I often ask why so many times. It's like I learn from my kids. When you say, do something, like, why? I'm, you why? <laughs> they don't get, you know, they're not happy with the first answer you, you, give, you give them. So it's like, why and why? So ask why and, 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 uh, and also, you know, like, a lot, sounds, but small interactions, you know, you will request, you, uh, it's something like this you like and you show it. No, no, but it's not that. And, and, and sometimes it's like the opposite. I had a class that I just want to have a new line in a, in a dashboard. That line, we started, we didn't have the data in the system. So for him, he just yes, yeah, but you can do a new line. And we're like, uh, okay. So I have to actually show that person in the system what it could mean, that line. Because he didn't understand. For me, it was just a line. But for us, okay, first we need to have the data because we didn't have it. And the data wasn't in the data warehouse, so we had to back the source. So I, I, we do this kind of, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, path where all this that we have to do to be able to get that line. Uh, because business didn't know. Uh, so there's a little bit of both being um, uh, 
trying to explain uh, to somebody that understands um, what it means. Um, and another thing that also we, we often talk about is like when you had business people asking for data, they see, say that you have a system and the, the system has names. So it's like name, address, that's what they see. But in your data warehouse, its name is maybe 340 underscore DSR, something else. And when business ask for a specific data set, get lost in all the transformations you do for your data. So at some point, it's like, what is that the world supposed? And happy in real good companies, you have your data lineage, and but a lot of companies don't have that. Uh, so it's like, you know, talking the domain language. So, you know, what is that people want? And, and ask them to show you, like, send a print screen. Do, you know, this is the data I'm aiming for that is coming from here. Uh, and, and be part of, you know, more active in the conversation to have, you know. And it takes longer time because it's, you have to spend time <laughs> with, with the... Uh, but the thing is, is uh, and you, you more you talk, the more you learn. Uh, and you learn how, you know... Uh, the understanding gets mature, and and in my career, I never seen anybody. You know, in my opinion, everybody is there to 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 help. Like you say, everybody wants to be. You know, help. It's it's not people like ah, oh, I don't want to help you. I don't like you. So I think everybody's super professional, and everybody. But it takes time, and to you know, if you open that conversation, then it gets uh, uh, easier in, in time. Uh, uh, in my, that's what I believe. But I, I, I may be naive, but I think people are good in nature. <laughs> I, I think what you said is it takes a longer time to get to from, yes. you know, step There's A no to step B, but it probably takes less time to get from step A to step Z because you're you're iterating and you're getting that feedback and that you also aren't delivering things that people don't want and then having to go back and redo the work and things yes. like that. It's you know, you, you, you have to balance, you know, is this perfect? Is this perfect? Is this perfect along the lines versus like, are we heading where you want to go? Ella Hale on her episode mentioned, what would having this unlock for you? Right? Like that question, instead of like, why, why, you know, like really trying to push back and say, why, why do you want this versus like, what is this actually going to do? Like what, what, you know, instead of the, why some people, bristle at which i think is is silly to me because like if you if you don't know what you want from this then why are you asking for it but <laughs> yeah the, the what would having this unlock for you then opens up a bigger door for a conversation so that you can you can get some more context and then you say oh you're trying to accomplish this well i actually know about this other data source that's probably better aligned to what you're doing right and you're able to add more value to them more quickly and and kind of iterate towards that what they're actually trying to achieve instead of what they told you they want yeah and i think it's is a maturity level and I will, before I became, um, for a couple, short time in my career, I was a product manager for a, with people.net developers and what they doing, they were doing our website. And, um, and I remember one, uh, uh, we had like a bunch of data that was supposed to be displayed on the website. And I thought it was too, like too messy. And I asked the developer, can you please, you know, reduce the number of rows you can see and you can put like an expandable bottle. So you, you click and then you get more data. Uh, that's what I said. Uh, and this was a stressful. We did it like the day before we went live. And uh, so I, we tested on the fly and I, I opened that, that uh, data set. And then I asked her, how do I close it? And he's like, you didn't ask for that. Because I assumed that he figured out that I want to go back to where I was, you know, from the, you know, but so instead of saying to him that I need to have less data uh, in the landing page and they'll be able to see more. You know, I was, which was my mistake because I was too specific what I asked for. Uh, and the, in the beginning I was upset because don't you get it? I didn't need to close it again. You know, like, so I, that was my first reaction. But then when I start thinking about what did I ask for, I got what I asked for. That's it. No more than this. So who fault was, I guess both. Uh, but um, uh, so now that every time I ask for something, I 
think really good about what is the value that what is that what I want to achieve in not, and not give details on how to going to do it. So, uh, and this applies for data as well. <laughs> I, I struggle with that because I'll tell somebody, here's what I'm trying to achieve. Here might be a way to do it. And then they lock on to that. Oh, he wants it done this way. And, and I like, I'll even say, I do not care under any circumstances as to how this is achieved. And they still lock on to, it's like, <laughs> I'm just saying. trying to make it easy. I'm trying to make it easy as to say, here might be, here might be something that works and it just doesn't. So, um, so, uh, you know, we were kind of heading towards talking about data quality. And I think this, this ties in well to what you're even talking about of like, what are we trying to achieve and having that quality conversation with, with people as to what actually matters and that there's, you know, so many different uh, aspects to quality that is it the completeness? Is it the timeliness? Is it the correctness? Is it, you know, that this thing is, you know, I talk about within Kafka in the Kafka book by Gwen Shapira, um, there's an entire chapter on what exactly once means and how to do it. When you think about how much time is spent explaining what exactly once means, when you know that it means only once, uh, you know, at least once and, <laughs> and no more than once, only once. It's, it's, every yeah. single thing is only done one time and it's all encompassing. But, you know, it's much more complicated. So like talking yeah, yeah, it's super complicated. about this. How do you how do you extract the actual needs and then share with them as well the the incremental costs? Because again, we we've taken in requirements when we think about data instead of okay, you want this to be, you know, you want your completeness to be five nines. Okay, mm. that's going to mean an extra six weeks of development time, and it's going to cost exactly. us an extra, you know. a year versus if we do it at three nines, it's going to take, you know, uh, two more weeks and uh, it's going to cost us, you know, an extra hundred thousand versus two nines. Is that really two nines? We can get it to you in two weeks. Like, yeah. What do you want? Yeah. And and that's something, you know, um, I remember the, the, um, I was working in a, in a company where they had this beautiful dashboard about data quality. Uh, and um, they had like green numbers and red numbers. It was really nice. But I realized that what they were saying, if how good, uh, if the cell was fit in, they didn't know if actually it was real data in that, in that field. It was like back to the telephone number. They were knew that it was uh, something there, but it, if there were good numbers or bad numbers, that was a measure. Oh, we have 500 records. Uh, okay, <laughs> good for you. But it doesn't say anything to me. Can I use these 500 records? Uh, and then we started a discussion, okay, how do we measure? Because that's a little bit of another kind of quality. It's like, you know, we, we're exporting 500 roads and we get 100 roads in. So there's no, you know, issues with that. No, that's one piece that you can measure. But, and I think that is... We all, we, I always introduce, we call it like how valuable the data is. So if it's um, high quality, but, but the value is really low, maybe we don't care that much in, in making sure that, you know, depending like you mentioned, how much it costs uh, to bring that 100% right. So you, you need to have your value measurement on, you know, how valuable is the data because it's, you have something that's low quality, but it's high value, then you need to work really hard to make that quality better. Uh, otherwise, it's, it's, if it's like quality low and the value is low, then you can just have it there because you don't need to have it more quality than that. So I think that is important, the balance between, um, you know, uh, and the quality depends on what you want to use for. So if I need that data to be able to to make a call, I really need good numbers or a real number. Uh, it has to be a telephone number, not something else, uh, for example, to make it super concrete. Uh, and, and I think this, uh, another thing that uh, hit me a lot when we talk about quality is when you say that you, your data scientist team is creating a, an algorithm to predict something. Uh, and then uh, it has to be like, you need to have like, a, um, what do you call it, a precision that is super, super high. That means that your quality, the data have to be super precise to be able to run this. 
for some things like predicting an area, if you have cancer in a picture, is you know you cannot be wrong. Uh, so you need your your error margin have to be super low. So then, then you say you get your, a lot of energy, and then you make more parameters to to quantify. You know the images, the everything that has to be around. It's not only one measurement of quality. But for other topic, it's like you don't need to go. Everybody thinks that oh, I need one hundred percent quality because this is how we are. But really, uh, and and for a lot of you know, in the, the when you do a lot of the modeling you do, you don't need to have one hundred percent quality in a lot of things you do. If it's good enough with all eighty or ninety, you know, and that means that you have good data, and then you have some data that is noise, yeah, that you don't. Noise. I always call it noise. It's like noisy data. They're like, yeah. Yeah. How, how do we actually communicate that though? Because people are, this is something Jamak and I discussed recently about how frustrated we both are by binary thinking. And like, it's, it's, is this a one or is this a zero? Is this high quality data or is it not high quality data versus what, what do we need? What is the use? How do we communicate that to people where we can say, hey, here is how far, like, here's what the metrics are showing us, right, as to the different quality metrics, right? Uh, uh, okay, so this thing is within this amount of time, you know, we're, we're populating it within three minutes of this thing happening. But our, our accuracy is not all that high or precision or whatever. Like, mm. how do we get it to a, a place where, because so much of our time, you know, when people talk about how much time is spent cleaning the data, it's mostly about trying to figure out how much can I actually, it's not even like the prep work as much as how much can I actually trust this? Like, I, you have to go yes. and you have to, you have to do all this work to, to verify and re-verify and all this stuff. And it's just not, it's not value add work. So how do we, um, how do we make it so that people can inherently understand how much they can trust? That's a good question. And I think if, if, if I, let me, you know, go back in my thinking, because often when somebody realizes the data is bad or is something wrong with the data, normally it's business. Business either the, uh, let it super simplify because it's, you know, Later, you see a dashboard and you get a number of the revenue for last month and the numbers are crazy. So business is almost the first one to react something wrong, okay? And then they go back to the maybe the BI team and say something wrong with the data and uh, the, the team, you know, but we don't see any mistake here. And then you go back to the data team and say there's something wrong with the data. And then the data team uh, figure out that, you know, maybe it was some kind of, it, during the process that one transformation was something that, you know, get a mistake. And I think, the issue is that often in some organizations, they have a really good, you know, matrix where every time the data pass and it's transformation, you check that they actually still good. But when business is the one all the time discovering bad quality, you guess, you know, you don't trust them anything that you see. Uh, so, and what I what we have done in the past is that when you find a, a mistake like that, for example, in some points, you can actually automate it with some rules so that that's, that mistake doesn't happen again. New, new mistakes, new mistakes will happen, but that one should never happen again. So if you know that, you know, one, you get a data set where you have commas instead of dots from a client, then you know that, okay, I need to ensure that your dots are comma or whatever issue there was. And so focusing when, when a mistake, you know, find a quality issue, Make sure that you have rules and, and processes where that will not happen again. So you reduce, you know, and and as trust take time, and you know that if 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 some you know if you use not to trust your data, you need to prove that you know it, it takes trust is hard to build. Uh, when you had it and you lose it, then it's so you know ensure that the mis if there's some data quality issue, if you have knowledge about that, make sure that it doesn't happen again, and and put. Um, um, or the controls in the way that so business you know it's better that you uh, data team uh, see it before anybody else see it. Uh, I, I think is is uh, is uh, so the best thing will be that all the thing that business see is is the quality that I expect them to have, but uh, is uh, uh, still 
a lot of the issues with data and the quality is every time we transform the data, you know, from the raw data that has been indexed to the end user see it. You can have, you know, in some times, either the three or four different um, transformations before the data comes out. Uh, and that's, uh, or you have different applications have the same data treated in different ways. So you have one number in one application, another number in another application. Which one is right? Oh, a good question. Decide. Maybe both are right. <laughs> just pick up one. I always say, just pick up one. Uh, but uh, asking business to quantify what I mean with quality for them, I guess it's like when you see, you need to trust. It doesn't make sense that we have in Sweden, we are around 10 million people. And uh, we have uh, somebody saying that 20 million of Swedish people are doing something like, well, I mean, we don't have that much people here. So, you know, it's like, wait. So, Try to be, you know, uh, uh, and in other things, it's like, you know, I'm all, I've worked with finance a lot. So my major experience is with finance, uh, financial data. So that's why all my examples have to be with, with the, uh, I guess in other industries, it's more, more difficult uh, and it's more important uh, with, you know, uh, machine, you know, other kind more industry heavy that they, you know, the, the, the machines have to be running at a set of speed or it's important that the air conditioner works in a certain way. And uh, for some places, it's crucial. Uh, but, um, but back to your question, how? Mm, is um, If I knew, I will be rich. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think observability is trying to do it. Data observability is trying to show trust, but it's still exactly what you talked about of you can't necessarily show is this correct versus is this is this filled in do we have a, a result so um you know and we can look for external validation and things but yeah um so uh, uh, you know we've we've covered a lot here um i, I did want to wrap up a little bit around what we were going to talk about of how do we look at positive change instead of merely chaotic change because data mesh is going to create a lot of change so how do we really look to, like, you know, just uh, what what would your tips be when talking to people about keeping the chaos out and keeping it so that the change is headed in the right direction instead of just a direction? What I th- you know, the impo- uh, in my opinion, the important thing is to do is like for, for companies are thinking about, you know, what we have today doesn't work. I don't know what is else. The only thing I know that, you know, I have uh, low usage or I have, dom- you know, people that are not exposing the data. We have domains. That are- so you, if you're at a point where you figure out that what is happening at the moment is is, is nothing that I want to ha- continue to have, and you start, you know, looking, okay, what, what is out there? What, 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 what I can do? And make, you know, and transition that change is like, you know, like you always say, you don't need to do big change. You know, you have to ensure that you know you you break your challenging in 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 small pieces where you can say, okay. But my major issue is that we uh, we need to have you know uh, ensure that when more self serve, we need to have the, that the business user can extract the data when they want. That's a particular piece that you need to address. Uh, uh, and think about focusing that and don't go then with something else because so have a good priority on, on what is the challenge that you want to to solve uh, because you cannot do everything at once and in going in a data mesh approach uh, again maybe decentralization is not for you guys maybe something else that is behind you know this mess so be sure that you know you you Ask to experts, you know, have somebody that uh, that can help you in this journey and say, okay, is this something for us? So every time you, you want to do a change, you need to realize, is this is for me uh, or for my organization or whatever we are? Are we mature enough to do this jump? Or do we need to wait? Or maybe, you know, a centralized approach with the good data governance can make happen, you know, can make us success. So in my, in my opinion, this kind of big change transition you need to, uh, there's a lot of peers, there's a lot of people out there, you know, that way you can, you know, you have your Slack channel in, in, the, in the data mesh where you can actually ask uh, questions. Uh, does it make sense? So 
you're not nobody's alone in this journey. There are a lot of companies, and I think one of the things that uh, that you know when you come to a level of seniority is that it's okay to say, "I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Help me." Uh, and it's okay to 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 say out loud. So it doesn't matter how long you work in a, in, in the industry. I say like, okay, what I know that it doesn't work today, but I don't know how to solve it yet. Uh, so for me, ask. Uh, Ask uh, questions and, and talk to your peers or a vendor or whoever thinks they can help you. Um, totally. Yeah, Jmac and, and um, you know, she was talking about. Well, I can't just say that there's a problem, so I have to come up with the solution as well, which is kind of the the thing behind it. But I don't think we all have to have that every single time. I think no. we can have open and honest conversations, and I think that. Um, when you were saying, you know, measure and really figure out if, if this is your problem, I think a lot of people are saying we have data challenges and therefore we should do data mesh. And I think that, you know, a lot of us are saying that's, that's your, you know, if somebody has brain tumors, yes, brain surgery is the right call. But if somebody has a sprained ankle, brain surgery is not the right call. So like, think about what figuring out exactly. if the centralization is your actual challenge, if that's yeah. the thing that that's causing you to not be able to do what you want to do. So, yeah, exactly. um, well, just, Daso, this has been such a, a great conversation. Thank you so much for, for uh, kind of sharing your, your, your knowledge and your wisdom and your insights <laughs> here. So um, <laughs> is there anything we didn't cover that you think we should, or any way that you'd want to kind of wrap up the episode, any point you want to hit on? Yeah. And, Back to the, you know, if you are thinking about data mesh uh, and, and you listen to, you know, and you get you don't get wiser because, you, you know, when you read more and more, you get like <laughs> more and more confused. Uh, if you're interested in, in, in more in data mesh, you can, you know, either reach through, you know, I'm recommending the Slack channel that's, you know, the, the, the mesh uh, channel that Scott has or reach out to me. Or, or and we can discuss, you know, like you say, are you ready for for this? Step? What is actually your you need you need a brain surgeon? You don't need uh, somebody else to help you. So I think uh, and 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 this is because a lot. Don't forget, it's a lot of money involved in doing this transition. It's not cost free, uh, and you already invest a lot of money in your infrastructure and your data. So, is this is something that, in my opinion, don't rush it. Um, uh, so. This, yeah, I, um, I think that's really important. I think a lot of people are saying, oh, I need to keep up with everybody. You know, the whole myth of if we're not 100% data driven by two years from now, we're out of business. And it's like, if you're going at a pace that's not actually sustainable for your organization, then you're you're setting yourself up for failure anyway. And you're you're throwing money at it instead of like throwing the care and, and uh, the, the really careful consideration that it needs. You're trying to do the thing simply to do the thing instead of you're trying yep. to do it to accomplish what you need. So, um, exactly. and, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people follow that would love to chat with you and follow up. Where's, yeah. where's the best place? Is it LinkedIn? LinkedIn. Or? Yeah. yeah. And it's easy to find me. I'm where no many that have the same name that I have. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Franco, for this. But that's another story that I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the only person, as, as far as I'm aware, with my actual name in the world. So, um, yeah, that's it. It's yeah. easy, that, that's easy to, to do. But yeah. it was really fun, Scott, to talk to you, like always. And, and I hope that the, the listeners have a little bit of... I, we didn't get them a headache instead of <laughs> something else. Yeah. I'm I'm sure uh, I'm sure it was uh, it, it was very useful. I think it was a, a very good conversation. So um, I want to thank you for your time today, and I'd like to thank uh, as well everyone out there for listening. Thank you. Bye. I'd again like to thank my guest today, Dasil Hernandez, who's the director of data and AI for Northwest Europe at Nagaro. You can find a link to her LinkedIn in the show notes as per usual. Thank you. Hopefully that interview episode was really useful for you. Please do consider getting in touch with guests from the show, from these episodes. Most have said they'd really love people to reach out to them. And please, as well, if you've got a minute, rate and review the podcast somewhere. It really is honestly super helpful for other people looking 
into kind of data podcasts to kind of get this in front of them. Data Mesh Radio is again provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It's produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. In April of 2023, I left Data Stacks, who were wonderful in getting the Data Mesh community stuff started. So give them a shout for streaming and real time AI needs. But I left to start my own industry analyst kind of information as a service firm. Our offerings are affordable and you can do them on a one off or a month to month basis. You know, read kind of throw it on the credit card. Don't worry about like going through purchasing and things like that. The services include lots of practitioner roundtables, you know, one on one data mesh kind of planning or feedback sessions and tailored introductions to other data mesh practitioners that are focused around your topics of interest. You know, what what are you actually running into challenges with? We also have some free programs around introductions and roundtables that people can kind of check out as well. Check the show notes or just go to datameshunderstanding.com for more info or helpful resources. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch as well. And have a wonderful rest of your day. Now let's hear that funky outro music.